Welcome back to Disassembled, the official podcast of the Big Glasgow Comic Page, where we talk about news, reviews, and interviews in the world of comic books. I'm your host, Ian Lynn, and as always, I'm joined today by Daniel Boyd. Hello, are you feeling lovely? I'm feeling lovely. Also known as Lovely Daniel Boyd, my bad. A fan favorite, I think, after last week's shenanigans, we've also got Angry Alan Todd. Hello! Couldn't exactly join us last week. He was replaced by a strange man in sunglasses and a hat. I, I don't know what that was about, honestly. They didn't clear that with me, but he's back now. We're happy to have him. We've got some really fun stuff on the docket here today. It's going to be news. It's going to be talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's going to be talking about a really terrible movie that we'll get to lastly. In fact, I want to put that one off as long as I can so I don't have to think about it. The fans have spoken. We put out a poll. Uh, for what terrible movie he wants us to subject ourselves to. The winner was Fantastic Four from 2015. So towards the end of the show, we're going to talk about that for about 20 minutes, go through some comments that were left, talk about what we thought of it. It's going to be all kinds of fun. How are you guys doing? I'm good, man. I'm alright. Thanks. Not bad. Not bad. You both survived watching Fantastic Four? Just about. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I finished the last 15 minutes basically before we started recording because I just couldn't yesterday. And That's feel, a hard 50 minutes. I feel like I gained nothing from watching that 15 minutes. <laughs> there, I could have just... We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, lots of news this week. I think we have more to cover this week than we have in any week prior. Let's dive right into it. Um, news. There's a lot of it. I think, uh, you know, punches and bunches. The first thing is we've got a fair bit of casting news in the world of superhero television. Uh, first, the, the one I'm most excited about is Pierce Brosnan cast as Dr. Fate in the upcoming Black Adam movie starring Dwayne Derrick Johnson. How do you guys feel about that? You like that casting? Yeah, more Pierce Brosnan. He's always watchable, so that's good. I take it he's playing <laughs> Kent Nelson, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah yes, yeah. I assume so. I, I, I'm i pretty sure. I, I, I put the article up about it. I'm pretty sure it was Kent Nelson. Um, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, man. I, I love Pierce Brosnan. And seeing him in that role, I think it's going to be really interesting because he's not done anything superhero related as far as I know. Um, so, like, will it... I, I, obviously, it's going to be CGI heavy because the guy's 70 years old. So I think it will be, you know, a kind of mix of sort of CGI and actor performance. But no, I mean, the guy's don't get wrong. He's done great shape. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I get the feeling that he's not actually going to be Dr. Fate, Dr. Fate. He's going to just pass the torch over because there was a, a new Dr. Fate introduced a few years back in the comics. I can't remember his name, but I think it'll probably be like a, a passing of the torch rather than him being Dr. Fate for... Yeah, there's a there's a younger Dr. Fate that they introduced at one point. The last time I remember seeing him was in um, New 52's Earth 2, but uh, maybe they integrated him into the main universe. I haven't really kept up on my Dr. Fate lore they may be pl- they may be planning to do what they did with Hank Pym, like Michael Douglas is yes. an actor had in, That's know, exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Um, yeah. I, was, I was just trying to remember who played Hank Pym in, in Ant Man because I couldn't remember uh, Michael Douglas's name. But thank you. Yes, that is that is that's the comparison I was I was looking for. No, I think he looks the part uh, for Kent Nelson. So I mean, whichever way they decide to go, whether it's a passing of the torch or whether they put him in the helmet, I, I think we have to get at least one shot of him in the helmet. We have to. I'm looking forward to that movie because the casting so far is really good. I like that they're leaning kind of towards the JSA. I, I would like to see, I'd like to see an Alan Scott and a Jay Garrick. It's definitely not going to happen. They're not going to go that far, I don't think. But it would be cool. Never I'd mind. like to see them on the big screen. I, not in this movie. I don't. Maybe if they do a JSA movie at some point. But I, I don't think they're going to introduce that many characters in Black Adam. 
I think if we've learned nothing from Zack Snyder's just Zack Snyder's DC films, it's that we can't rush too many comic book storylines into one movie. Because no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. I I could see. I could definitely see them doing a standalone JSA movie. I don't. I don't think there would be a problem with that necessarily. But yeah, let's let's take the lessons that we've learned from the Zack Snyder trilogy and. Maybe take Don't them, do that again. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe take them to heart a little bit before we start just dumping, you know, 10 characters in a movie together that we haven't had time to build up. I'm sure Alan could probably speak volumes about that. Well, let's maybe stop throwing everything at the wall and just see what sticks. Right, exactly. Idea. Well, that, that'll, that'll probably be good. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to the first set photos on that. I want to see how ridiculous The Rock looks like as Black Adam, honestly. Do you think they'll give him pointy ears? They have to, right? I hope so. <laughs> I assume in terms of set photos, it will just be Pierce Brosnan and, and, and Dwayne Johnson in like ping pong suits, and everything will be CGI later. I would probably imagine Green Lantern style. I, I don't yeah. think you get The Rock and you don't put him in a ridiculous super suit on set. I mean, they yeah. had um, I, they had. It would be a waste, yeah. Yeah, they had uh, Zachary What's His Face Chuck in the Shazam suit, so why not? And you don't even have to yeah. pad The Rock. I mean, the dude is a mountain. <laughs> oh yeah, he was The Rock. Now he's the Boulder. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Little Nina cast in The Boys Season 3. That's one I'm really looking forward to. Um, because we try to keep it family-friendly on this show, I'm not going to go too deep into Little Nina's role in the comic book. Um, suffice to say, she's a little bit of a Russian sadist that meets a very humorous end. Without saying too much about that end, do you guys think they're going to do that in the show? Oh, they'll do They'll do a version of it, I think, that will be toned down. Yeah. That's kind of been the, the, the format so far for the show. Yeah. Bear in mind, in season two, you had the guy with the monster mm. appendage. Like, uh, mm. he appeared, so... Yes, Love Sausage. Um, That's, I, was kinda, yeah, I haven't read the book that much, so I, I don't remember the names. Uh, I was actually a little disappointed what they did with that, because he is a really he's a really funny character in the books, and they just kind of relate appearance. And it, it was a good laugh, but like there, there's a lot more that they do with, uh, with Love Sausage in, in the actual uh, comics that... They, they could have pulled off. It's nothing, like, too risque aside from the obvious. Pulled yeah. <laughs> um, So, yeah, Swedish actress uh, Katya Winter will join the boys season three. Um, she's appeared in a Legends of Tomorrow episode, so this isn't her first superhero affair. Um, she is also Ichabod Crane's less-than-loving wife in the Sleepy Hollow TV show. So she's been around. I've seen exactly one of those shows, and it's not Sleepy Hollow. I've seen none of those shows. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is pretty... Well, it was pretty good. I haven't watched it in, like, a season, but it, it's wacky. I liked it when I watched it. Yeah, no, like, it looked okay. Like, it looked better than Arrow, it, but uh, I just never... They, Legends of Tomorrow is really... The first season is because they tried to actually be serious about it, and then from, like, season two onwards, they start doing, like... Embrace the selling? Yeah, like, wacky time shenanigans where everyone dresses up, and they really embrace the humor of the show and so it becomes very enjoyable plus they bring matt ryan on as constantine and like he's a little bit more of a pg rated constantine in that show because he has to be but he still does the role really well and that's the most constantine we're going to get on a tv show for the foreseeable future so i guess enjoy it where you can get it uh last and certainly not least and maybe we should have bundled this with uh pierce brosnan helen mirren as the villain in shazam 2 daniel tell me more about that Helen Mirren has been cast in Shazam 2. As who? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, it's, it's just something that I put down, hold on a wee second, and I'll bring up um, this I, story. I know uh, the news it. said who she's cast as, I just legitimately can't remember. <laughs> she's been cast as Hespera, the daughter of the god Atlas in the DC comics. What's cool nowadays, man, like, 
Hellman is 75, and Pierce Brosnan is like, I think he's 70, and they're getting cast in these big superhero films. Like, it's amazing that CGI can kind of let actors of that age oh, still yeah. Yeah. take um, part. Just because you are young, right? like, it's, it's not a death sentence, do you know what I mean? Like, these people are, they're, they're still able-bodied, they can go out there and do their thing. They don't have to, like, run and jump and climb trees. Yeah, I mean, with technology the way it's getting, even if they do have to run and jump as a character, you can just deep fake their faces onto a stunt double. I was going to say, with technology the way it's going, they could be dead for 20 years and stop here. <laughs> I mean, hey man, Grand Moff Tarkin, that was, that was weird. That was, that was that was trying to run before you could walk, if I've ever I seen it. I didn't like that. Uh, oh, oh there, there we go. Yeah, it was I, a bit of a shock. I went back and reviewed Rogue One this week. There's another review for you guys to go and check out. Uh, yes, definitely check out the Rogue One review. I have... I do talk a fair amount about the Tarkin CGI in the review. Yeah, I'll have to read it. I haven't, I haven't read it yet, but um, I, I had mixed feelings about Rogue One because I feel like the first half of that movie is just intensely boring, and then the second half is pretty all right. It's all over the place. The first half's just meanders. I just, I have a well. You know what? We'll, we'll, speaking of Rogue One, that's actually great segue. Uh, we have set photos for the Cassian Andor show that's going to be coming to Disney Plus. Which, there's not really that much more to say about that. We have set photos for it. You can find them on the internet. You look at them. Cassie was my favorite uh, character, I think, in Rogue One. So, I mean, he, favorite he, was, new character, he so. was basically the Han Solo of that movie. Like, he was the breakout kind of roguish. He was a better yeah. Han Solo than, than Odin Air, like was. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, that's not a high bar to cross, to be honest. <laughs> um, I didn't love Solo. When I, when I watched... I, I didn't hate Solo. Um, but when I watched Rogue yes, One... I- when I watched Rogue One, I remember thinking after where to go, maybe take about a different route with a an, an, an Uncharted film that possibly Diego Luna could be a shout for Nathan Drake. I could see um, that. Just I've... honestly, it's just the part then where he's trying to climb down to get the hard drive, and I'm like, this is so Uncharted. Like he would be a really good Nathan Drake. <laughs> I mean, he definitely no like all respect to Tom Holland. They're yeah, gonna have to really sell me on that when the trailer comes out. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest, I think he'd be really good at it just because I haven't seen him in anything where I haven't enjoyed him. Like, he's, he's always good, and he's played, like, from Spider-Man, where he's just like, oh, jeez, Mr. Stark! Like, that's more Rick and Morty, I know. But, uh, <laughs> he's went from oh, geez, like, Stark. naive kid. <laughs> the worst Peter Parker impersonation ever, sorry. You, you want me to put the web shooters in my butt, Rick? <laughs> uh, Peter, P- 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 you gotta put on the suit. We're gonna go space... I'm going to fight some aliens. I'm going to take a nap. years! 100 years! Uh, 100 years, Iron Man and Spider-Man. Jordan Peterson and uh, Ben Shapiro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, total tangent. I, I don't think Tom Holland will be a bad Nathan Drake at all. I think he'll be okay. I don't think he'll be bad. I, I just... I, I have such a... I don't, I don't see Tom Holland as like an Indiana Jones Han Solo type, which is kind of what Nathan Drake is. Yeah. I'm more concerned about Mark Wahlberg as Sully, to be honest. Oh, God, I, I forgot about I that. I don't understand that. Like, And he's not even going to have the moustache. Like, what is the point? If you're not having Sully with a moustache, you're doing it wrong. Hey, it's me. I'm Sully. <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, you know, anytime anyone says Mark Wahlberg, you don't think of Mark Wahlberg, you think of Andy Samberg's version of Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Andy Samberg. Yes. I watched those. I watched... the goal. Dude, I watch those skits at least once a year. Hey, you're a goat. What's that like? Let's do a movie. I was in The Other Guys. Did you see that? That's a nice beard. That's a nice beard, goat. Uh, so yeah, Helen Mirren and Shazam 2, I think, is how this started. 
Uh, yeah, from Helen to Mark Wahlberg. Hey, you know, we went on a journey, man. That's that's what's important. Maybe maybe the real Shazam two is the friends we made along the way. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. Uh, play at home. That's a PlayStation thing. I've never owned a Sony console in my life. Dan, tell me more about it. Uh, play at home was a thing they did last year um, around this time, and it was during a lockdown, and it was to try and get people to stay at home. They, they made some games free, basically. But last mm-hmm. year, it was just, talking about Uncharted, it was just the Uncharted collection and which ain't Journey. Bad. Um, Journey which, also I mean, two really decent, good. Two decent games, yeah, if you've not played them. But this mm-hmm. year, there's a bunch more being added. Um, I'll I'll just I'll read through the, the full list. Um, oh, uh, what date are we on today? We're on the twenty seventh. I don't know when this is going to go up, but if you listen to it before the thirty first of March, uh, the Ratchet and Clank remake is free just now. Um, and you then should from have this before Wednesday, from the twenty second, which was a few days ago. Um, so basically, right now you can download Abzu, Enter the Gungeon, Res Infinite, Subnautica, which Subnautica is pretty great if you've not played it. The Witness, which I downloaded and didn't love. Astro, Astrobot, which is a, a VR game, Moss, which is an RVR game, Thumper, and Paper Beast. But then on do, 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 the 19th of April, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the complete edition, is going free. Which I played which the base good. game. I played the base game, and it's good for about the first hour, and then you realise it's just killing big robot dinosaurs. Like, that's for the next, like, 12 hours or however long that game lasts. If, the better the weapons get, the more interesting the kills get, though. It's fun, but I, I enjoyed it. I couldn't. I was about let down. Because it was a big exclusive, and I'm a Sony pony, I was like, ah, oh, yes, and our big exclusive, because obviously we had, like, a, a few other good ones that year that, that came out, Horizon, but I was just about let down with it, to be honest. Um, but... I will pick up the complete edition, one, because it's free, and two, because it's probably got more to it that I've not played yet. It, so. It's pretty hard to say no to free. I, I've meant to play right, yeah. um, I've meant to play Horizon Zero Dawn because it's it's on Steam now, so you can you can get it on PC. Because I, I remember that being a real kind of a, a visual showpiece for the early PS4 days. Like, that was really a game that made people go, wow, this is video games now. Um, those are uh, that's a really good lineup, honestly, of free stuff. Like, you are foolish if you don't pick most of those games up. Um, Abzu is one of my favorite. It's a really good chill game. Abzu was a great mm. game to just, yeah, the stressful day. You sit back and swim with some fish. Yeah, Abzu was good. It wasn't quite Journey, but I did enjoy it. No, it's it definitely. I man, I really like the. Uh, I just like sliding around in the sand on Journey. It just feels good. Yeah, Journey was great. Ah, uh, it just has such a great. Mm, I can't describe it. You have to play. It. New Call of Duty is named Vanguard, allegedly, and shockingly is set in World War II. Who didn't see that coming? I mean, I've. Uh, do you guys still keep up with Call of Duty? Not <laughs> even a little bit. <laughs> I don't think I've played any of them. Warzone is great. Warzone is great. But um, and I, I think for a lot of people during lockdown, they've really enjoyed that game. But I think in terms of like mainstay kind of Call of Duty games, I don't think anybody really cares at this point. Doesn't... um. Isn't the most recent Call of Duty at this point, doesn't it, like, take up an entire PS4 hard drive by itself or something like that? Yeah, it's crazy. No, I think it's the... I don't know if it's the Cold War one or if it's the Modern Warfare one before that, because that's got the Warzone tacked on. It's one or the other. But yeah, I think if you've got a PS4 that's under, like, 100... And whatever the smallest size PS4 is, you can't play that game. There's just... You can't install it. That's just crazy. Ridiculous. I mean, to be fair, it's nuts to have a hard drive under one terabyte at this point if you're playing video games. But still, like, mm. oof, man, that is... Yeah, the, the Activision really need to learn how to compress their game. Yes! It's like, he did. They're like, they're like the Zack Snyder of data files. Shots fired, I went there. <laughs> Speaking of Zack Snyder, you ready for this, Alan? So, they released the Snyder Cut. Good job, everyone, we got it done. You know, hashtags all around. A little applause for you. 
But it's not they enough for people. Now, what is trending is hashtag restore the Snyderverse. I, Alan is vigorously shaking his head. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm kind of a Zack Snyder apologist, right? I think we established that last week. It's fine. Whatever. You like what you like. Don't like what you don't like. Don't do this. Um, first of all, don't harass executives at WB, even if they don't agree with your viewpoint that the Zack Snyderverse should continue. Don't harass people on Twitter. That's not going to get it done. That's, you're not doing Zack Snyder any favors. Like, that's not cool. It did hit an interesting milestone. Uh, 1.4 million trending tweets restore the Snyderverse in 24 hours, which has beaten the previous Hollywood record of Avengers Endgame. So at least Zack Snyder's movies beat one thing for Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> you, you're definitely going to get comments. Um, Good. I welcome them. It means someone's <laughs> listening. Yeah, it means engagement. Um, love us or no, hate us, just listen to us. Love, us, love him or hate me, spitting straight knowledge. Um, no, but in terms of like restoring Snyderverse, like as you said, I like Zack Snyder's films, and I don't hate the the trilogy like Alan does. But even I'm just sitting going, why? The trilogy like Alan does. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just sitting going, why is this even a thing? Like, just let Zack Snyder go and make a zombie film, and let the DC films continue to hopefully get better. Like, yeah. Just let let the Batman come out and see where that goes. Like, why are we trying to restore something that didn't work five years ago? Well, hey, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. It, it does look like the DC films are getting a little better because we got the first Suicide Squad trailer yesterday. Excuse me, the Suicide Squad. Yeah, remember that. Which looks really good. Uh, my pal yesterday said it looks like oh, someone repurposed the Guardians of the Galaxy script and changed the name and places to protect the innocent. And I was like, yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, it's but James Gunn, Guardians so yes. Guardians of the Galaxy were over good. Oh, yeah. Um, some would say one more than two, but yes. I prefer two. Really? Um, Interesting. But in terms of in terms of Suicide Squad trailer, I just don't know if it works. I don't know. Like, I get it from, like, a, a, a kind of corporate perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, DC, uh, Warner Bros. are obviously going, right, we've got these characters. AR made a balls up it before, right? Whether you think it's his fault or whatever, the air cut's a whole other thing, right? But they're saying, right, how do we make these characters popular? Oh, we take James Gunn, a guy that took another bunch of obscure characters and made them popular for Marvel, and we bring him over here and get him to do the same. I get it from that perspective, it just does not look like Mac in a film. It looks like, it looks very try-hard and very forced and very, it, I don't know, like, it doesn't, none of it feels natural at all. I mean, it's a three-minute trailer. I might feel different when I see the film. But from from that short trailer, I just, I don't know, I just did not like the vibe at all. And I thought, I remember seeing the set photos of like the costumes, like John Cena's costume and, and even the way that Rick Flagg's dressed in this one. And I'm like, these look extremely stupid and naff, but maybe they'll look okay in the film because, you know, set photos, costumes quite often look pretty terrible. Um, but even in the trailer, I was like, holy shit, these look, these look awful. These look really bad. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm like, into it. I think they're going for stupid and... I think the biggest difference, so first minute or so of the trailer, I was kind of watching it being like, this doesn't, there's the pop music, there's the jokes, this doesn't feel that different from the first one. But I think the biggest difference is they went into this movie intending for that to be the tone versus the original Suicide Squad movie where, as I understand it, David Ayer went in meaning to make kind of a dark comedy drama and it just got turned into a bubblegum technicolor pop music nightmare um <laughs> I don't... do you know uh, what 
sorry, what I was thinking, what would be really funny, like, remember when that first film came out, it was originally pitched to be like the, the black background with like the hard chrome logo, and it's like dark yes. and gritty, and then over time, like, you, you can actually see the progression of the posters, it gets lighter and some lights come on it, yes. and then eventually it's like green with like purple writing and it becomes like pure poppy and whatever. Because the Snyder cut has done so well, I wonder if this will go the other way. <laughs> they started off like poppy colourful posters no, and these and eventually it'll be like, the Suicide Squad, like pure serious dark WB can't make up Angel their damn music, you know that? <laughs> Another Hallelujah <gasps> cover in the last trailer. People <laughs> like the dark? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that'd be really funny if it went the other way, but I don't know. I, I hope it's good to just... Quick, we have to do Batman reshoots where he kills a guy. <laughs> Call Zack. Get him in here. Um, I mean, it, it can't be any worse than the other one. Do you know what I mean? Like, it can't be the worst in the last one. It literally can't. I would still yeah, like to see the air cut. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would make it a good movie, but I'm curious. I'd like to see what David Ayer was originally trying to do. Uh, the you know what it is. Film, the David Ayer one, I thought I'd had a stroke midway through it. Like, I'm watching it, and then oh, all yeah. of a sudden, I was like... It's so dumb. It's so bad. What are they doing now? Why are they doing this? What happened to him? Like, or the Enchantress, for some reason, is like... Oh. So here's what I understand about the the original Suicide Squad movie. Um, first of all, they yeah they sliced it into an incoherent mess. All of the flashbacks being stacked on top of each other. Like apparently that was all a much more linear progression in the original cut. Instead of being like Amanda Waller sitting in a room and then we get six different pop songs with a bunch of montages. Um, the other thing is, and this wouldn't be in the air cut, I don't think, because this changed before they even got to filming. But originally, as I understand it. This actually was supposed to bridge into Justice League. The villain was not supposed to be Enchantress at first, or if it was, she was going to be working um, in tandem with Steppenwolf, who was going to have his first appearance in Suicide Squad. And those bubbly masses that they're fighting were going to be freaking parademons, is is what I read the original plan was to be. So they were going to have to do a thing, and that would kind of lead into, oh, Steppenwolf is on Earth and we have Apocalypse invading and then that kind of leads into Justice League, which I'm not saying it would be a good film. I'm saying it would be a more See, coherent film. Can more sense? Yes. Yeah. That's been my argument think, for the Snyderverse the whole time. I'm not saying it's going to be better. I'm saying it could be more coherent. I think this depends on who you ask, but I feel like Zack Snyder has more good films under his belt than David Ayer. David Ayer's very inconsistent. Yeah. Like, there's some of his stuff that David Ayer doing? What else did he do? I'm trying to remember. Uh, the last one, I think the last one before Suicide Squad he did was that one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, what's his face? Um, the Australian. Uh. Uh, Sam Worthington. Yeah. It was called like, I can't remember, they were like army guys. It was it was really forgettable. Um, um, but but back in the day, I mean, he did, he had something to do with Training Day. Did he not write Training Day? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, and he wrote End of Watch, which if you've not seen that, that's a great film with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena. I've still not seen that one. Yeah. No. I don't think you'd like it, um, Alan. Yeah, sorry. He, yeah, he wrote Training Day as well, which I, I love that film. I think Ethan Hawke and your man Denzel are brilliant in that. Um, I, don't, I don't think Alan would like End of Watch because he'd watch the whole thing and just the entire time be muttering under his breath, Cropaganda, Copaganda, Copaganda! Probably. Yeah. It's it's 100% it's a movie about cops. Um, let's see. He wrote U571. He did write Training Day and co-produced it. He was a writer on The Fast what? and the Furious. What? Yeah, yeah. He wrote the first Fast and Furious. <laughs> this apparently. explains so much. Yeah. Although, the, you know what he did after Suicide Squad, Dallin, right? He did br- He did Bright. Yeah. Remember Bright? Bright was his fault. Yeah, the, the orc 
Corpse as Corpse when you yeah that was, <laughs> that was not a good movie um he did he wrote SWAT that's not surprising he wrote Dark Blue dude really loves a cop movie is what I'm learning here yeah yeah um, I quite liked Dark Blue like that was okay I think he's very touch he's just so touch and go though I think yeah did Fury spotty... I liked Dark Blue I don't like any Zack Snyder films right. so David Ayer wins <laughs> Um, how how did you feel about Zack Snyder's uh, Dawn of the Dead remake? I haven't seen it. I think it's his least offensive work based on like what you do and don't like about his movies. Yeah, that's his least Zack Snyder. I don't know about that. I watched a thing about it because I was like, maybe I watched that one, but I just watched. I went down the rabbit hole on like stuff about Zack Snyder films, mm-hmm. and then I saw a couple of videos about his Dawn of the Dead remake, and I was like, yeah, it looks like it's gonna be more of the same stuff. I just don't like it with the guy, so. Fast zombies, I've never got a problem with. I really liked 28 Days Later. I know they're not zombies, but like they're fast. Uh, but Close enough. Nah, just the guy's not for me. It's... Who's splitting hairs? Although, let's be honest, James Gunn's filmography is kind of all over the place as well. He's not hit gold every time. I didn't know who James Gunn was until Guardians came out. Oh, really? As, what was this weird old stuff? He had like his own studio and it was like these weird indie films and they were really like cheap and like... Oh, God, what were they called? They were awful. Slipper. Maybe... Oh, yeah. so James Gunn is responsible for the live-action Scooby-Doo movies in the early 2000s. Yeah, he wrote them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he also wrote movie 43. Then yes, James Gunn's uh, filmography is incredibly suspect. It, it's 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 Tromeo or like Tromer. Yes, like old, uh, Tromeo uh, and Juliet. That was, that was like his early films. They're weird, by the way. Like when the scandal stuff came out on Twitter. I was like, that makes sense. That's the guy that made trauma. <laughs> That's all I would say about that. He, oh, you know what? Hey, tie-in. Uh, James Gunn actually wrote Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Well, oh, really? He wrote the original screenplay, and then it went through several more, apparently. Which is why I think Brightburn was kind of a piss take of Zack Snyder. Oh, yeah. From James Gunn. Um, yes, Brightburn was, Brightburn was absolutely a big old middle finger to Man of Steel. And I loved it. It's a good movie. Yeah. Hi, Brightburn was alright. But apparently, the original screenplay they done for it, someone looked it up online, and it bears no resemblance. Like apparently, it's just like a completely different film. Interesting. I like, I like the steering wheel through the jaw. Oh God, that was. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was something. (laughs) I really like the way Brightburn ended, where they kind of allude to an evil Justice League around the world. Yeah, that's right. I don't remember. I don't even remember. It was like the end credits, I think. It was all the papers or something. Yeah, yeah. They they allude to like a fish man and like a a warrior woman like killing people everywhere and just like basically evil Justice League members. Um, WB should just buy that and make it the Earth 3 movie. He's Ultraman. Crime Syndicate, yeah. Yeah. That's basically, that was um, reading the Crime Syndicate book from Infinite Frontier that came out last month. They had a little backup story that was Ultraman's... um, kind of origin, backstory yeah. uh, origin and <laughs> Brightburn is all I could yeah. think of the entire time definitely with the horrible parents are like oh everyone will hate mm-hmm. you you have to do everything for us yep. but they're all freeloaders so funny which is a little different than Brightburn because his parents were actually incredibly sweet in Brightburn which makes it so much more yeah, sad that, nice. yeah, yeah. that they're murdered horribly um let's see here do 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 what else we got uh boy we got there we from... haven't talked about style Style. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, the Suicide Squad trailer. That's where we started here. 
Uh, my favorite part yeah. of the Suicide somehow we just spent like 15 minutes talking about everything but the Suicide Squad trailer. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my most unexpected part. Is you only get a brief shot of him towards the end of the trailer. But yes, Starro, the dumbest possible villain they could put in the movie, and I would not have it any other way. Nah, I didn't do it for me. I'm just. Oh my god, Daniel, you are you are like diametrically opposed from Alan here, and I kind of love it. Yeah. Alan, hi. Alan and I are both here, like cheering on this movie, and you're like, this is crap. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Hope it burns. You can't do a Scottish accent. I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not against a big. A big. I guess if you're going to do him, like I guess this is maybe the best film to put him in. But I'm just like really like the, the roster that you could have chose from, and you go with a big starfish. They went for the biggest, dumbest characters. Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man. As soon, well, that's the thing. As soon as I seen that, I knew what kind of film this was going to be. Like, which I, just, I feel like the guy that plays him. The guy that plays him is amazing. The guy that plays him has been in more DC related properties than like any other actor. Yeah. He's good in the Dark Knight in the brief really? appearance that he makes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, of course, yes. Yes, he was in the Dark Knight. He was also um, he was a Jerome following cultist in Gotham. Uh, so this will be the first time he's not playing something Joker related. Uh, have you guys seen uh, what's it called, Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal? I have not. Br- really good movie. He makes a brief appearance in that as well, and he's phenomenal in that. He's insane, but he's really good. Yeah. They good also movie. got my boy Pete Davidson in that movie. I like that. I, can't, I, can't, I don't like Pete Davidson either. <laughs> I I like him. He's the one with the the bleached hair in in the uh, in the movie. He's I forget what the name of the character he's playing is. They're all so dumb. But let's get guns. Yeah. We've got uh, Peter Capaldi as the thinker. I loved his doctor, so I'm excited for this. Then watch it. Then watch it. I I liked him. He was a dick. I was into it. <laughs> After I the love Peter Capaldi like. He's really good in the thick of it, obviously, uh, but he always shows up and he's always good, so yeah, looking forward to seeing him in that. I, I, there, I had a few years there where I followed Doctor Who pretty heavily, just like everyone else did in the late 2010s. Um, after the kind of saccharine twee nature of, of David Tennant and Matt Smith, I was okay with Peter Capaldi coming along and being like, no, I'm kind of an asshole. I was like, yeah, alright, I'm into it, let's do it. So I watched the first season with the uh, English dude. Oh, uh, Christopher Nicholson. Yeah. I, I like that one. Uh, I started watching the, the David Tennant ones and just fell away, and I've never been back to it since. Like I just, I liked Doctor Who as a kid, but now I'm just like, it's too cheap and nasty. Like it doesn't look good. Yeah. Oh, it's is, it's yeah. super campy. I really liked Christopher Cleston. I was disappointed that he only lasted like ten episodes or something until there was. I guess there was creative differences, um, but I, I like that he didn't feel the need uh, with that character to do wacky things like. Wear a bow tie or a fez. <laughs> no, it's just a dude in a leather jacket. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't hate Matt Smith as an actor, but that's when I fell off like with that. Yeah. Was it Custard Fish Fingers or something? I was like, nah, mm, this is a little, little too much. <laughs> a little too much. And it's not entirely their fault. Like That also comes down to the writing staff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and then I've completely fallen off like the last season of, of Capaldi, and I haven't watched any of, of Lady Doctor Who, so eh, eh. I haven't felt any need to go back to the series. Uh, I like Judy Baker, but not enough to go back to it. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Black Widow release date. That movie is allegedly going to come out. I will believe it when I see it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What did they give us for the actual release July. date? July 9th July is what we're looking at. Yeah. Um, theater op- opening theaters on July 9th will also launch on Disney Plus the same day. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I'm I looking forward to it, though. Like, 
I'm looking forward to Me it. Too. I just don't know that theaters are actually going to be open and functional by July. No, no, I don't think so. I think when the cinema is open, folk are going to go crazy for whatever's out. Do you know what I mean? Like, folk will just mm. be like, oh, cinema. See, I, I kind of thought that with Tenet, because that came out like kind of during a break that we had in lockdown, and then it lost money. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm, I mean, not that we've been exactly starved for Marvel content, but this is the long. I think this really is the longest it's been since a Marvel movie has come out in like a decade. Yeah, it feels weird. Yeah. That's maybe been the weirdest part of of uh, COVID and the lockdown in the past year is just like no Marvel movies. Strange feeling. I guess we're lucky that Endgame came out first, so like it kind of felt like a like, all right. This is the end of this uh, chapter. Uh-huh. Like we can have a break. Um, Do you know what I was thinking that I kind of wished it Far From Home hadn't came out. Yeah. Because that kind of restarted things somewhat. So see yeah. if that, if it finished the end game, it felt, I'd been like, right, okay. Yeah. Speaking of Spider Man, uh, some shots came out of some crew swag from Spider Man No Way Home. And very obviously, they weren't hiding it um, on the t shirt for the crew was Andrew Garfield's spider suit. Yeah. Do you think they're just messing with us or do you think it's legit? I don't know, man. You think they produce t shirts just to post them on Twitter? This is Marvel. Yeah, probably. You know, I'm. I, it's not the money. But like, there, there have been. There's just too much pointing towards it. Um, Andrew Garfield stunt double spotted and things that have been spotted. On, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's in that film. I, to what degree? I don't know. I mean, there's been so many casting rumors between Alfred Molina, Doctor Octopus, um, Electro coming back, Jamie Fox, maybe Tobey Maguire. There's rumors that uh, Willem Dafoe is going to play a more comic accurate. Green Goblin is the most recent one. It's too much stuff. Like it's got to be some of those are just brief bit cameos. Yeah, and the fact that Sam Raimi's doing Doctor Strange too as well. Yes. So that that was the other thing that I noticed is there was a little like card towards the the corner of the picture that was a little hard to make out. Um, there was something about stills. It's probably like film stills or something like that. You couldn't see the first word, but whatever it was, something stills was super obviously written in the PS3 Sam Raimi Spider Man font. Uh, with a little picture of a Spider-Man with a camera, which neither Andrew Garfield nor Tom Holland Spider-Man does the photography thing, but Tobey Maguire's did. <laughs> so I-, I would love to see Tobey Maguire come back as like an Earth-X Spider-Man or like a uh, Dark Reign Spider-Man. Killed, uh, killed Kristen Dunst with his radioactive semen. <laughs> that was a weird book. It's a really weird book. <laughs> I think you would hate it. I think you would hate every minute yeah, it of it. Like it. It basically it Marvel like it, yeah. Marvel looked at Dark Knight Returns and was like, "What if we did this?" But Spider Man, the least appropriate character to do this with. Okay. I mean, we know how much you like Dark Knight Returns. Oh man, that's what I'm saying. You don't even like Dark Knight Returns, so like you definitely wouldn't like Spider Man Reign. <laughs> oh no, actually, I definitely Spider Man Reign. Kyle Andrews, you actually get to see Spider Man's penis at some point in that book. I remember that. It was just like, what? You know, look at DC and Marvel borrowing back and forth. Marvel borrows The Dark Knight Returns. DC borrows seeing the superhero's dick in a controversial <laughs> book. You know, whatever. So you send what it has to the morgue, you send what it has to the negative zone. That's the, the Marvel way or something. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just know the thing that everyone knows Spider-Man Reign for is the idea that he killed Mary Jane with radioactive semen and gave her cancer. I don't even remember that about it. I remember loving the art. Like the art was phenomenal, but uh, um, I don't remember much of the story. It's, it's one thing to imply that in Watchmen. It's another thing to do it in a Spider-Man comic. <laughs> you know what they could do is if they wanted to tie, if they wanted to tie the Spider-Verse movies together with the MCU Spider-Man, he wouldn't sound the same. But they could literally have Tobey Maguire just play the Jake Johnson, 
like retired crappy overweight spider-man from spider-verse see the thing is though um, (laughs) the only thing about that i don't know if toby Maguire is able to take himself like laugh at himself as much as he would have to for that role i feel like toby Maguire takes himself a bit too seriously Uh, he's from what i've heard he's a little bit of a blowhard didn't everyone hate him on the spider-man set like yeah famously have you have you guys seen molly's game I have not. The poker. It's a good movie that Anna Sorkin did. And I think it's Michael Cera in the film that plays the part of this like actor that's an arsehole when he comes to all the games and he's an absolute scumbag the way he treats like women and just like people in the room in general and he thinks he's above everybody and he, he plays with all this money and he, he's clearly got a really bad gambling problem. Mm-hmm. Apparently that character was very much based on Tobey Maguire. Interesting. Like in, re- in real life, <laughs> that was Tobey Maguire and they just kind of adapted it and, and Michael Cera played him in the film. So yeah. Tobey Maguire was... I mean, I, I really didn't like the Great Gatsby movie in the first place, like, at all. But out of everything in that movie, he was my least favorite part. I don't see it. Yeah, like, I'm not, not a fan of him in general, but to be honest, like... No. I can't think of anything he's done where I've went, oh, he's, he's great in that, like, he's just... He's there. ...there in most things. I think, like many elements of pop culture, the memes have ruined Tobey Maguire Spider-Man for me. <laughs> it's like, the same way that Shrek, every time I watch Shrek now, it's, it's the memes I see. It's the same thing. When you watch Spider-Man 3 and he's, he's dancing and you kind of get away from the memes. Like, <laughs> Alright, if it took the memes to ruin Spider-Man 3 for you... <laughs> <laughs> I, up till then, up till then, it was brilliant. <laughs> now dig on this. <laughs> Great. You know what? The, at the same time, though... I think his work in Spider-Man 3 is absolutely proof that he can maybe laugh at himself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, true. Range. <laughs> Cause like how do you how do you do how do you do this scene and like not have for those listening, I just did the little the little dance and the point. Um with with the hair. With with the day. with the hip thrust. Yeah. How do you do that and not have a little bit of a self-aware sense of humor? I don't know. Or maybe he was just super serious about being super dumb. I, who knows what darkness lurks in the heart of man? Especially <laughs> that one. Uh, okay, we need to move on. Let's 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 move on to the main event of the day because we're we're getting a little long in the tooth here. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I watched the first two episodes yesterday and this morning because I haven't had time to watch them otherwise. How do you guys feel about it? How, how are you liking it? It's it's okay. Um, it's not grabbed me as much as One Division did. Um, I, which is a bit worrying because the. Like if you take the fact that one division was nine episodes long and this is only six, I'm like we're two in and I'm still just I, I don't feel any like more knowledgeable or clued in to like the kind of overarching what that show is trying to do as what I did before I watched the first episode. I feel like the first episodes have been pretty nothing. It's like oh these two guys don't really like each other, they have to work together. Captain America is now cut Russell's son and that like we could have got all that for the trailer. I don't feel like we've got anything else yet in these first episodes that we haven't, we didn't have already for the trailer. And in fact, there's only four left. I'm kind of like, where's this going to go? The episodes are longer, I wa- I w- though. Yeah, I mean, I want to like it. I just, I don't know. I'm interested. I like the, I mean, I've always liked the the dynamic between Sam and Bucky in the movies. I like their kind of begrudging buddy cop thing. Yeah. I, I really like that kind of back and forth. So I, I'm kind of, as far as the story goes, yeah, there, there's been nothing so far that has intrigued me like WandaVision. I'd like to see what they're going to do with the Flag Smashers. Um, they're introducing the Power Broker, which I kind of want to see what they do with that. So I, I think they're going to go somewhere with it. But yes, these first two episodes have been super slow. But I, I do enjoy Sam and Bucky's chemistry. I really enjoy little Kurt Russell as U.S. agent. He just comes off as exactly as douchey as he should, I think. I think he's only going to get worse as it goes on as well. I hope so. I, I really, I mean, we all know we're waiting for that moment when they take the shield back from him, right? Like, we can all agree on that. 
I think it'll get better. I, Sharon hasn't been introduced yet. We know they're going to do some stuff with her. We just got... We're, we're just now getting to reintroducing Zemo, which he's going to get like his actual full mask and get up. It's exciting. I, these first two episodes are definitely a lot of setup. And then we've got... See, they're 45-minute episodes. There's four of them left. About eh, 10 minutes is credits, so let's call it 35 minutes. Full-length Marvel movies worth of, of material to still cover. After last week, um, obviously we were talking about Snyder Cut, so that's why we didn't cover the first episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's fine, not much happened. We'll have more to talk about next week. And I still not don't feel like I've got a ton to talk. Do you know what I mean? That, that, and that that's like, come on, give me something. <laughs> I, I think... The first episode was reintroducing us to Bucky and Sam and kind of showing us where they are in life right now. Sam is... A, we see more of Sam's personal life than we have in the films. We get to see his family. They're hard up for cash. Uh, we get to see he's, you know, he's working with the government, kind of. He's doing missions. I like his uh, his military friend. He's he's uh, charismatic. I like his enthusiasm. Well, he's going to be the next Falcon? Probably. I like that he t- he's kind of the Rick Jones character, the actually. He gets mutated into like a half bird, half man. Is is the, he is he that bones. character? Like, but like by name and everything. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Um, I, I really like that he took it upon himself to not just like look up the flag smashers online, but actually like get boots to the ground and get his ass kicked. Um, he's got he's got he's definitely got potential. Um, and then the second episode was more to introduce. That was definitely our setup episode for U.S. Agent. That was the entire point of that episode was kind of establishing him, establishing there's going to be conflict between him and Bucky and Sam. And I think now that we've got all that working, that's where we can start to kind of get things kicked up in episodes four through eight or however many they're doing. Six. Six yeah. um, what, what I'm curious about is, what does the world think's happened to Captain America? Like, do they think he's dead? Or do they know that he's went back in time? Or like, what do people think? Where do they think he's went? It's a super good that's question. What I'm curious about. Like, because surely, if if that happened in real life, the government wouldn't tell the public that time travel was possible. Right. What did they think happened? (laughs) I feel like it seems implied that everyone thinks he's dead. Mm -hmm. Um, They're they're very much treating it like a memorial, I think. Mm -hmm. So I would say with the reverence that they're treating Captain America and all that. Like, if everyone knew that he just time traveled and, like, Steve is still hanging out, just being an old man, there wouldn't be that level of reverence towards him. So, yeah, I'd say they probably told everyone the story that he died. I think yeah. most likely, most likely Sam and Bucky and maybe a few other people are the only ones that actually know what happened. You've also got uh, from one division we've introduced uh, Speed and Wiccan, and in this one we've now introduced uh, what is his name, the Captain America version in Young Avengers, and the Hawkeye TV series. You're going to have Kate Bishop. So yeah, the, the Young Avengers have been set up through all this as well. Yes, there's been rumblings another. More Spider-Man. So there's been rumblings that we're going to see Miles Morales introduced to the MCU sooner rather than later. Nice. That could be what we're setting up for as well. They're talking about Ms. Marvel as well, right? Like, so that's a, another one that could be going to the, the younger team. Yeah, I was doing a Ms. Marvel TV show, I think. But um, in terms of Spider-Man, I'm just, I feel like Miles Morales, I feel like Peter's still a bit young to introduce Miles. I, I feel like Miles should have a more experienced Peter, personally. I I don't disagree. But are you going to wait 10 years to capitalize on a character that's really popular right now? Right. Probably not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I mean, they could. There, there are things they could do with Peter. I mean, I know they've tried to do everything in the MCU chronologically, but Tom Holland is technically in his 20s. They could do a, a time jump to college-age Peter if they really wanted to. Or they could use No Way Home to, like, 
oh, John kent it up, you know, Peter gets lost in the multiverse and he comes back and time hasn't passed in the MCU, but now he's like yeah, four years older or something. He's He's gone and had experiences or... That would only have him catch up though because he's five years behind, remember? Right, right. Yeah, that's true. He got blipped. I like that the, that is one thing, I like that these shows are actually exploring the idea of the effects of a blip on the world. Yeah. Because yeah, we, yeah. there for obvious reasons, there was no room to do that in Endgame. Like, you don't, no. you don't really it's have room for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these these Disney Plus shows have a lot more breathing room to kind of explore the, the more personal aspects of what's going on. Yeah. It's like, Dan, you were saying they, oh, not much has happened, and I think I, I like that about these shows. Like, WandaVision took its time, the first two or three episodes, to just kind of have fun and do silly things. This one's more taking its time to to kind of look at Sam's sister and what's happening there. And then Bucky's post-traumatic stress disorder. Murder folk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sad winter boy. Oh, the um, sad winter boy. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I'm quite enjoying that. Like, I, I, I prefer that rather than just having someone... This is this was my problem when I'm going to go back to it again, like the Zack Snyder films. It just seems to be someone walks into a room and gives a big soliloquy about, like, oh, remember that time... 5,000 years ago where this happened and then that happened and then this happened and then that happened and then also this happened and then also these people did this thing and it's just like <laughs> a big massive exposition dump and it's like just give me a, a, a natural progression in the story do you know what I mean like show me the scene where something happens go to something else show me something else like you don't need to tell me the whole thing show don't tell it's classic storytelling rule I agree to some extent but I think One Division had more room to do that because it had nine episodes. I'm just conscious there's only six episodes. But and again, like, the episodes were shorter, so ultimately we're coming out to about the same space of material to cover. I don't know. I just I, I just feel like I'm waiting for something to happen. I don't need to see two guys punching each other every week for 40 minutes, but I just yeah, I, I want to see that. something. I want to see something happen. I just I don't know. We'll see next week. We'll come back to this next Saturday, and then we'll see if episode three has given us any more to chew on. Let's move on to the star of the show in 2015 in a desperate bid to retain movie rights fox made a real bad decision they put out a movie called fan four stick excuse me fantastic four it was directed and written by josh trank and it was a goddamn trash fire so we put out the call yes. on social medias for people to vote what bad comic book movie they wanted us to suffer through and Fantastic Four won the vote. I think it got like 15 votes. The other movies got like nine or, or something like that. So we did. We suffered through it, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit. And we're gonna read off some comments we got on Facebook from viewers about uh, Fantastic Four. As a matter of fact, let, let me do that first. Let me read some of these comments before we get into the discussion, because I want I want to give people a, their moment. I want to give them the shout out. All right. There's one just came in about 17 minutes ago that's a question for Alan, so we'll do that as well. Um, let's do that one last so that we can start the discussion there. So we've got a couple of things here. Um, L.R. Temple uh, says something I don't necessarily agree with. Can't say I watched the film intently, but I remember it not being as bad as advertised. The story of the film is really interesting, though. We forget making films just like any other job, and things go majorly wrong sometimes. I think it was worse than advertised. I don't think anyone was expecting greatness. Um, I was somewhat surprised at how bad it was supposed to be, but no, it didn't. It was as bad as, as the review said for me. Yeah. When I came into cinema, I was like, yeah, it deserved to be trashed. Let's see here. I'm going to... Graham? 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 Lundy? I, I am so sorry if I butchered your name. It looked like, like it was... a graham cracker. <laughs> it looked like it was directed by someone who had only read the novelization of the film and had never read a comic in their entire life. And the original comics had such a great message about acceptance and diversity, there was no need to shoehorn any of the cringe fest into the film. 
I actually don't know if Josh Trank had any familiarity with the Fantastic Four prior to this. Do you guys know? Nah, probably not. I probably don't not. know. No. He went the doesn't seem like he it, went the yeah. Tim Burton route. Um, that's yeah. that's a that's a very good assessment, though. I it agree is with, with that comment. Granted, the difference is Tim Burton made like a good movie, and well, we actually don't know what movie Josh Trank made. We'll get into that. Colin Schneider says the biggest sin of the movie was its utter forgettability. I can't even remember what I didn't like about the movie, just that I thought it was awful. Yeah, yeah. I was the same up until I watched it this time, yep. and now I can kind of remember what I didn't like about it, but I've kind of forgotten as well, so. Uh, I think he's bang on. William Buchan says, Mr. Human Condom, the Invisible Actress, Flaming Turd, and Barney Rubble, assemble! I mean, <laughs> I actually thought that those actors were like one of the least offensive parts of the movie, but all right. Yeah, they had nothing to work with. What did, what did we have that's a question for Alan? Let's, let's start this off here. Let's kick it off. Um, well, on the, the page, Benjamin, one of the writers for the site, Ben, he wrote, Really no jokes to be made, just one of the worst superhero films I've ever seen. A masterclass on how to fall flat on your face. And Alan replied to that saying, and still better than BVS or, or Zack Snyder's Justice League. Somebody's replied saying, wait, do you seriously think that Fantastic Four was better than Zack Snyder's Justice League? That was for Dylan James May. So, how would you answer that? Alan, you have the floor. I don't think it's better, because I don't think Fantastic Four is good. But I don't think it's as offensively bad as Zack Snyder's Justice League was, or even... The Justice League, or Batman vs Superman, or Man of Steel. Like I, I put all three or four of those films as just a progression of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, just because they were so long and so boring and so just garbage. Fantastic Four. I kind of watched it while I was looking at my phone, and I wasn't upset by it in any way. Like I just went, "This is crap." I could watch it. I will never watch Zack Snyder's Justice League again because. Like, genuinely, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, nothing has come close to how much I hated that film. So, yes, I would watch Fantastic Four every day for the rest of my life before I would watch Zack Snyder's Justice League again. I love how certain that was. I will never, ever watch that again. You can pay me to watch it. I get this thousand yards stare in my eyes when Alan starts talking about Zack Snyder. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, Fantastic Four, its greatest mercy is the fact that it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah, that's what makes it more palatable. But, but dude, like, that okay. feels longer. <laughs> Here, okay, so Fantastic Four, it's an hour and a half long. We spend the first hour building the team. And actually, I like the first, like, 45 minutes of this movie. I like the actors. I, I like Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm. I like the, what's his name? Jamie, uh, Jamie Bell? Bell. I, I yeah. like him as Ben Grimm. I even li- I don't like Miles Teller, and I like Miles Teller as Reed Richards. I'm meh about Kate Mara. It's all right, whatever. I, I just when I finished that, I just wrote that sentence. Um, after reading the awful reviews of the film the first time I seen it, um, I, I remember going into it thinking it can't be that bad. And for the first half, I was like, oh, I was right, it's not that bad. And then the second half yes. happened. I do think that is it's like two very different halves of the same film. Yeah, the second half is made by other people. You know it's it's decent. It's watchable. It's borderline enjoyable up until they get into the transporter machine and go to Planet X and get their superpowers. As soon as they get their powers, we do a time jump to where suddenly they're all government liaisons, all trained up, and Reed Richards ran away and lived in a cabin in Venezuela or something for a year. That CGI face change. Oh my oh, it's god, that like. And then we have, we have like, 40 <laughs> minutes left in the movie, and I'm sitting here going, 
Wait, when's there a plot to this? Wasn't there a, wasn't Dr. Doom in this movie? Yeah, yeah, Dr. Doom's, Victor Von Doom as Dr. Doom is in the movie for like the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Arguably, Victor Von Doom's in that for 20 minutes. Like. And that's the thing, even before he changed though, he was such an incel. Like, see when, see when, um, see when Reed's talking to Sue. And oh, he, he gets mad at him, he's like, hey, you're hey, not I gotta got, got talk to you about something. Like, uh, shut up. <laughs> Victor, stop being such a neckbeard. Yeah. yeah. Sitting in his mad basement with his, his mad smart home connected to his brain or whatever the hell that was. Trim your unibrow, like, bro. The first half of the film did have problems. Like it I did. know that I'm saying that the second half's worse, but the first half like did we need to see them as kids? Why were two grown men competing in a science fair for children? That was weird. The guy next to you was like eight and they're like thirty. That <laughs> like, is weird. What? I didn't think about that. That's weird. Why would they do that? And like Maybe the time jump, the time know. jump for when they were kids was only maybe seven years. That was a hard seven years those guy had. Yeah, it's a hard yeah. paper round. <laughs> eight years old to thirty. I don't. Hmm, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's weird. Like, there were so many parts in the first half that I was like, see the part where he's like, um, "What you listen to?" And she says, "Portishead," and he's like, "I've never heard of them." He's maybe one of the smartest guys in the world. Portishead aren't that obscure. How have you not heard of them? <laughs> it's like, yeah, there was just so many points that it was like, "This is." This you know, maybe Reed like Richards doesn't characters. listen to much music. Possible. I also wrote down how many comic book movies are going to waste Tim Blake Nelson. Like between this yeah. and Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. that guy's a phenomenal actor. What a waste! I know. I was kind of looking forward to him as the leader, like from like if they going forward with the kind of rubbishy Incredible Hulk. To be honest, but him as the leader, I was like, yeah, that'd be excellent. Like that'd be really good. Yeah. And then no, and then he's just some government stooge. Yeah. There were just, there were some really the first half of that movie had some really good ideas, I think, and that's why. This is like a weird mix of the David Ayer, Zack Snyder situation. This movie had an incredible amount of studio meddling. As I understand it, Josh Trank, a little bit of a dick. So maybe he earned some of the meddling, but it's a mixture of they changed the script that he wrote and re-edited the movie. I mean, it's an hour and a half movie. There's no way Josh Trank wrote that movie to be less than two hours. And if it was a better movie, I would... I would have absolutely sat there and watched a two-hour version of it if it was better, if it was good. Because basically, we they just rush through the last half hour. Like, they find Victor on Planet X, they bring him back, he's in a rubber suit, couldn't even give him a proper metal mask. <laughs> Can we talk about special effects in the suits? Like, oh my so god, what, what special effects? He was in a rubber suit. No, but I'm talking about the green screen in the other dimension. That oh, it was awful. bad. Did so that screen bad. reshoots to anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kate Mara's constantly changing wig was almost as distraction distracting as Henry Cavill's top lip. Oh my and, god! And, and Justice League, yep. like one minute it was like this kind of bleach blonde color, and it was like dirty blonde, and and her hair was just different styles between like not even in the same scene and different shots. It was yeah. like different style and different color. It was weird. It was very much like the Joss Whedon reshoots, where like you see that Ben Affleck is clearly wearing a different, less good hairpiece. Or, like, Ezra yeah. Miller's hair is suddenly a uniform bowl cut, and you're like, <laughs> I don't think these were filmed on the same day. <laughs> no, that CGI was yeah. really bad. And then, yeah, I, I can't, I really, I, I can't stop yelling about, he, man in a rubber suit. That's not Dr. Doom. Yeah. Man in yeah. a rubber suit and a parka. And see the way that his mouth didn't move that really took me back to Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Oh, that was <laughs> And like, what, what is he, he just wants to go back to his like crappy other dimension. Just let him go. Just <laughs> let him go. Just take him back, drop him off, bring the machine back. You're good. There's no villain in this movie. What were his powers? He could just do everything. everything. He was the molecule yeah. man. He was the molecule man. <laughs> 
But he wasn't Dr. Doom. It's like, why did you even have Dr. Doom in it? It was no need. There is no victor. There is only doom. There's only doom. <laughs> oh my god. Zool! The He-Man ending to that film where they were all just like, He's too powerful! He's more powerful than all of us! No, he's more powerful than any of us! Yeah. yeah. But he's not more powerful than all of us. <laughs> and then you have like the worst plan. Well, where... he's never fought them, not them united. Yeah, I was just going to say that was also a light in Justice League. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I really like how so they bad. shoehorn, like in the last five minutes... Like that last scene where they go into, first of all, that's what you're going to do is you're going to start them in the Baxter building and then take them out of it and put them in some like crappy base in the desert. Yeah. I'm like, at some point are you going to introduce this as Project Pegasus? Is that what this is supposed to be? Because that's like what it reminded me of. Right. Just like out in the middle of nowhere. And then and they don't really say anything. Like, we, we call this the city or something? What the hell Central City, it? like which I don't know. Crap. Is the Flash going to start running around? <laughs> It's like, what the, why are you mentioning the Flash is something? That's crazy. And, and, then, and then they just go in the room and go, oh. And they're all I'm standing there, they're like, we, we need to have a name. It's fantastic. Oh, so Say that again? Say that again? Oh, it's fantastic. Guys, I think I have a name, credits. See, during that scene, they're, when they're trying to think of names, Johnny Storm says something like, the, the human torch, he says like a bunch of stuff, and then he says, the human the torch and the torch no wanted. No, no, he, say, he has like a name for them always, like the visible woman, and he's like, and the thing that no one wanted. And just going back to what that comment said earlier about how Fantastic Four was always about, like, trying to accept being different. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a kind of big part of the comics. To call him the thing that no one wanted, like, that's not funny, that's really harsh. <laughs> that is, that's Johnny and Ben's thing, though, like, they always have that, like, where he's constantly sliding the way he looks and whatnot. And, I know, and, and it wasn't good, but I'm not yeah. excusing it. It's the, only, it's the only point in the entire it, film where they have that moment yeah. it's god Yeah, out of nowhere, yeah. The problem isn't that they made that... Like, having just an off... Like, a one-off scientist or something say that would be fine. Is that Johnny Storm said it? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one who's actually supposed to be, like, on the cool side, like, he's... A, yeah, like, him, him, and, there, him but... and Johnny Storm and Ben are, like, bros in the comic, man. But I was going to say, that's the thing as well, they don't even feel like friends by the end. Like, any of them, really. Which <laughs> it's is not earned. I, that's the other, and they started to in, like, all the team build-up, and it's weird. Like, they just bring Ben in. Like, Reed just gets drunk and is like, oh, I want my friend to go with me to this weird other dimension. Yeah. Excuse me? We're going to go to another planet, and Ben's like, oh, cool, okay. Yeah, and also, he just, how long did it take him to get, didn't they establish it's like 40 miles or something? And then he's just there. <laughs> And we just saw him biking. We just saw Ben Grimm biking to his family's home. Early. Did he drive? Like, what? I have so many questions. It's a, it's a 40 minute train ride. That's what it is. Like, from All right, well, that's still like a 20 minute drive. To, to yeah, no, like, I'm not saying it's, it should have been done quicker, but it's just like, yeah, nothing about that film is, is good. Never mind, makes sense. It's just. It's real bad. Mercifully short is, is the best thing about it. And clobber, clobbering time. He gets the phrase, it's clobbering time, from his physically abusive older brother. Yep, he does. I can't give Trank a pass for that one. I guarantee that, sound, that, was, that doesn't sound like a rewrite. That sounds like that was part of his plan. Yeah. It's it's a terrible film. I never want to watch. I'm just glad that Suicide Squad didn't win the vote because that is even worse. Oh. Oh, Alan. But I'm, now I'm sure we'll it. get there. Now you've put it out yeah. into the world. <laughs> now people know that you really don't want to watch that. So guess what we're probably going to end up if watching. Really it's, it's going to be Justice League again, isn't it? Like... You were made to suffer, my friend. <laughs> I don't want to watch that movie ever again. Toby, Toby Kebbell as Doctor Doom. Yeah. Toby Kebbell, right? Yeah. yeah. Why? Why? Uh, like, 
he's a good actor. Like I've seen him be really good in things, and it's yep. just like you brought him in to be, as you say, like this mad incel who, like, the government's out to get you, man. Like, no, you know that's what they want you to think. And it's like he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be a Latvian like, dictator. A smart guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like how they, I like how they vaguely they vaguely allude to him being foreign when the human torch keeps calling him like Adolf and stuff. Like they make the yeah. illusions, but they're bad. And it, he doesn't even have an accent. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, he's got an American accent in that film. Yeah, maybe if they'd established like, oh, he's this scientist from Latveria, he's a brilliant kid. Like, oh, okay, at least we did something with it. No, it's just just Toby Kevill. It's looking sad all the time. This is why you can't have the the ultimate version of Fantastic Four. You can't have like the young version. I think you need to have an older yeah. Doctor Doom, an older Ben, and an older Reed. You can yeah. have Johnny and Sue be younger, that's fine. But the other ones have to be a little lived in. They have to have had that experience where like, they've got the rivalry that's went for years and Ben is a pilot and has a reason to be there. Like, <laughs> other than he's Reed's pal. Like, this is yeah. stupid. Both Ben and Sue seem really, seem really like, shoehorned into that scene with the, the explosion and stuff. Yeah. I, You know... Yeah. I'm thinking about it and, and the conversation we had about the Marvel TV shows and the breathing room that they give us. What if instead of introducing the Fantastic Four in a movie, they introduce them in a Disney Plus show? So we actually get, like, we get that several episodes to get to know that family, get to know kind of their background. and Because let's be honest, they're not just going to, yes, everyone knows who the Fantastic Four is, but they're not just going to drop them in the universe and be like, here they are. You know who these people are. Like, no, they're going to give us that introduction. Um well, was that not a rumor for WandaVision? That the contact for Monica Rambeau was going to be... We're not Reed? talking about WandaVision rumors anymore. <laughs> it's done, let it go, but yes, yeah, that was. Um, no, but I mean like their own show, not like they drop them in an existing Marvel plush. I mean, have a have a Fantastic Four Disney Plus series that introduces you to the first family. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I don't think they will, but... I don't think they no, will either. They've, kind of, they've, they've given us the... The, kind of, the, the schedule, haven't they? Like yeah. for the next yeah. couple of years. There's a poster and stuff so, in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Aye. So it's, it's, it's definitely going to be like a Fantastic Four film, but it's not to say that they won't introduce them maybe through the other ones. Like, uh, hopefully, rather than just two two hours to get to know the whole thing, like build them up uh, over the course of a few cameos. Since they're, I mean, we're gonna get the fan. Who do you guys want to play him? Who would you cast? Do- Doctor Doom. Yeah, sure. Let's start with Doom. I, I think somebody mentions Giancarlo Esposito, yep. which I, I would love to see, but I also really want... He could do both. I really, I really want to see him as Mr. Freeze for Robert Pattinson's Batman. Oh, yeah. I think that would be brilliant as well. But, I mean, I guess Marvel and DC, they could do both. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he'd be a great dude. Uh Yeah, I'd love to see him as Doctor Doom. I'd, I'd like Mads, Mads Mikkelsen as Doctor Doom, but because he was the villain in Doctor Strange, whether they yeah. would do that, I don't know. Like, I think they no. could, because... He was forgettable in Doctor Strange. I don't know you guys, but sometimes I do watch some Marvel films and there's some kind of throwaway characters that you use good actors for, and I'm like, that's a bit of waste. You could have played somebody better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be fine. Giancarlo would be a good uh, choice for, for Doctor Doom since Mads Mikkelsen already played the silly name in Doctor Strange. Obviously, the fan favorite for Reed and Sue are John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Favorite me? I'm not against, but it doesn't really excite me. I, I can't tell if I'm fine with that, and I can't tell if any reservations I have about it is because everyone wants it so much that I don't want people to get what they want, which is a bit childish <laughs> of me. Because, like, really, there's nothing wrong with that casting, and I like John Krasinski, and I like Emily Blunt, and there's no reason they couldn't absolutely rock those parts. 
Yeah, what I'm saying, it just doesn't excite me. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Storm. Who's going to be our third Johnny Storm? I would like to see Zac Efron as Johnny Storm. Huh. I feel like he's got he's got that attitude, that kind of smart arse attitude that you need. He's a well built guy. He has some range. He can do comedy. He can do action. I'm sure. I think Zac Efron could be a shit. That's a really interesting choice, actually. I'd never thought of that. The only like, one I've ever really thought of is Doctor Doom. Like the rest of them, I've never really come up with a, a decent kind of shout for it. But I like Zac Efron as the Human Torch is It's pretty good. When you think his energy and like neighbors and stuff, like bad neighbors, those yeah, kind of films, yeah, that, that would definitely work. I, I wish. Um... I wish we had some indication that Chris Evans was ever coming back as Steve Rogers, because boy, that would be fun. <laughs> and and then yeah, honestly, it's not gonna, it's never gonna happen because Marvel doesn't re well with all the molds. I don't know. I would love to see Jamie Bell get another crack at being Ben Grimm. I, yeah, you could be good. I think it was really good as the character, and given like I don't know, they did Evan Peters as fake Pietro and all that. Marvel's not above kind of making those nods. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I can't think of MDLs that I would rather. Yeah. Jamie Bell's always watchable as well. Like, everything he's in, I enjoy him. So, yeah, yeah. I'd be happy to see him come back. More to the point, though, who's going to play Herbie? I mean, really, when it comes down to it with the thing, I mean, maybe we'll see Ben Grimm as a human for, like, five minutes. But once he's a big rock man, you can really cast anyone as him as long as they get the personality yeah. down. And I think that's where Jamie Bell kind of shines. Until they swap powers, like, in Rise of Silver Surfer. We don't talk about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Until we have to talk about that movie, which it could which happen. Which we will. Oh, buddy. There, there's a whole bunch. Of, I, yeah, no, that's... I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> it just makes me sad. No, it, there's nothing about it. It's, it. There's nothing to get angry about. There's nothing to get no, excited about. It's just a crap film. I, but, um, who, who was it that said it? Colin Schneider was absolutely correct in saying the biggest sin of the movie is its utter forgettability. It's, it's, a, it's a big nothing burger. And, and actually, I would... Maybe I'll actually say that if you are in the camp of Alan in absolutely hating Zack Snyder's movies, maybe those are actually more offensive because they're, they're, there's actually things not to like in those versus this where it's like, eh, it's whatever, man. It's like, it's the Catwoman of Marvel films. Please don't... I have never seen that. Please don't make us watch Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, don't. I'm not even, I'm that, not going to let that, Ian put that in the polls. I will quit. That basketball scene. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So we hit that news. We talked about that Falcon and Winter Soldier. We relived our trauma with uh, Fantastic Four. Anything else you guys want to shout out or plug before we bring this meeting to a close? One thing. I've been reading The Scumbag. Have you read that? I haven't. Recommender? Oh, I do love Remender. I've only read the first. Oh, it's so good. The Scumbag is absolutely amazing. Uh, The worst person on the planet. What if he gets the powers to save it? And it's like, he really shouldn't. He's like a burnout alky drug addict metalhead who just wants to get high and listen to heavy metal and whatnot and he gets injected with a serum which makes him the most powerful person on the planet and then gets roped into all these uh, super spy shenanigans it's disgusting so he, it's... he's like dick bag captain america yeah <laughs> cool the, the scene i'm thinking of from the first issue is just it is it's super disgusting. Like it's one of the most horrible things I've ever seen, but it's absolutely hilarious. It's like everything that I think the boys' comic should have been, but right. I think Garth Ennis just a bit too mean about it. Whereas Rick Remender, I think, is a much more talented writer, and it's just like he hits all the right notes. It's you feel bad for this guy, but you also feel bad for feeling bad for this guy because he's so horrible. But the whole thing is hilarious, and it's got like the the, the evil. Uh, 
super spy organization that's trying to get the serum, which ends up like how he gets it. It's called Scorpius. So there's the whole like Cobra Commander type uh, leader who's got a scorpion mask, and it's I'm two issues in. I think the sixth issue just came out, so I'm I'm still catching up, but I can't recommend it highly enough. It's fantastic in every issue. He's rotating the artist as well. And so far, they've all been great. It's a, it's a fabulous book. I'll have to give it a look. It, it sounds up my alley. I love uh, messed up superhero stuff. Um, speaking of that, uh, one thing that we will touch on next week, I know the first three episodes of Invincible came out on Amazon. I've watched the first like episode and a half. Didn't really have time to touch on it uh, this week. What I can say, it looks really good so far. We're definitely going to talk about that next week because we won't have as much, I assume, to talk about with Falcon and Winter Soldier. And... Um, We'll definitely, we'll dive into that next Saturday and, and, and kind of talk about that first, uh, well, I assume at that point will be four episodes. I better watch it. I'm not sure I'm yes. going to go on next week, so I'm just going to say I loved the first three episodes of Invincible. Absolutely loved it. I love the book, though. But uh, great cast. They've kept the violence, and it's still got the same heart. Like, it's it's just a well-written uh, book, so it's a well-written show, and can't, can't speak highly enough of the Invincible cartoon. That cast is crazy. Well, there's uh, there's there's your officially Alan approved thumbs up, and there's your preview of our discussion next week. Alan, as he mentioned, won't be here, but we'll have Massimo on, so we'll see what he thinks of it. With that said, thanks again for joining us this week on BGCP Disassembled. We'll see you all next Saturday, and as always, make sure you check the websites and the social medias. Uh, vote on whatever poll we come up with for the next bad movie that you're gonna make us watch, and everyone have a fantastic rest of their week. Take care. Namaste. Thank you for listening to Disassembled. You can find more news and reviews on BigGlasgowComicPage.com. And don't forget, you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube as BGCP Comic Con. Make sure you also subscribe on your podcast provider of choice for new episodes every week. Bye.